these dongles don't even dangle. They're they're dangleless dongles. With Whoa, that's wires. awesome! It feels like I'm um, riding an elevator right now. Where we discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Look up here! Look up here! <laughs> yeah, I've got four different names for that for the four different variations. And you're like, what are you? What? There's four? Oh, that was the Scatman's oranges back in the day. <laughs> I guess we could actually consider starting it there. So yeah. welcome to General Geekery. Specifically, it's a podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Lou. Go ahead. You caught us mid-segment. <laughs> you did catch us mid-segment. We roll right into it. We never are really on, or we're never really, really? off. We're just yeah. constantly on. Um, really, you guys should have like dialed in sooner. And, uh, you know, guys and gals, everybody else, really, it's your fault. This is on you. As we dealt with our, our technical difficulties of a screen freezing, it's probably be- probably better off uh, that it freezes. Like uh, It's like when a movie and you pick it any time, you could freeze it and everybody's always like, yeah. Lou um, sent me I an just image. Sent you, I just sent you an image of what I think. <laughs> this is what I'm staring at. Is it still like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Has Are not you serious? I'm dead serious. I'm frozen again? You've been frozen since like five seconds into the skull. Jesus, what is going on with this? All right. So well, this is the new 1080p camera. Yeah, and it looks great on my side. It I'm might sure be, it does. It might be what I was just talking about, which it might be the... Um, the USB A to USB C, it might be something in there. So let's yes, well, let's let's walk through that again, so our listeners and viewers can see all that. Can well, hear don't, all this. I mean, if I'm frozen on your side, don't we need to restart this? Uh, no, because you're the one recording it, right? Right. So as long as you're getting all the video. Well, then it's just a phone call. Okay. Anyway, that's fine. I'll I mean, survive. If, if you're okay. Right, with here's it. the deal: if it if it freezes every five seconds, we're going to spend a lot of time dicking around with it when we could lay down a, a podcast. It could very well be on my side. It could be, but I wouldn't, but you haven't changed things on your side and I have changed things on my side. Anyway, let's get well, away from computers that. are constantly changing. Right. And with that, we can talk about <laughs> CF Engine and the concept of promises. <laughs> um, so anyway. Uh, not JavaScript promises. Yeah, so I had to, to get these USB-C to USB-A adapters. I had to um, get it from like the Best Buy like drive like drive up service, but it was a complete jumble left, and there were nobody there was nobody else there to pick anything up, and somehow it was still terrible. They had a tent set up out in the parking lot, like away from everybody else, and you had mm-hmm. to drive up to the tent. There was like eight people standing at the tent, and they're like, "What are you here for?" And I'm like, "To pick something up." They're like, "Okay," because that's the only thing we're doing right now. And it's like, right? Like what? what, what? No, I I figured I was bored. I'd come see what you were doing. I, I saw a gathering. I hate people, but I love gatherings. So I just figured yeah. I'd show up. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? So I, uh, so they were like, okay, well, you pull into this parking space. What are you here for? I love 99X. 99X. Trying not to listen too much. <laughs> wow. Deep pull. <laughs> is, is it going to be under the covers with Allie? Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so then they were like, all right, pull into a parking space, but they've got cones sectioning off like every other parking space. So it kind of turns it into right. like a driver's test. So I have to like <laughs> go between these two cones and like pull in. And then after I'm there for like a few minutes, 
Then they right. come back out to my car and they're like, okay, now you can back out and go around the parking lot and go up with your passenger side window up to the side that Best Buy's on and pick up your thing. And so then I had to okay. back back out of the, car, the, the cones, go all the way around an empty parking lot, come back up to the other <laughs> side for them to hand me the thing that I had already paid. <laughs> and they had a solid- ooh, ooh, 1080p webcam, parallel park. <laughs> Uh, no, it was just for these dongles. These and these dongles don't even dangle. They're they're dangleless dongles. Yeah, something in that webcam to dongle to that USB chain does seem does seem suspect since it's the only relatively new thing. Isn't this fun troubleshooting with Ben and Lou over basically a phone call since video doesn't work? It's Can a you phone your screen. It's I don't a, know. <laughs> it's it's a phone call for you. Everything else is normal for me. Sorry. <laughs> and of course, I suffer the consequences of your actions. <laughs> of course, as usual. She didn't look like a cop, did she? Let's kind of back up and just go um, go over like, how okay, are, you? Start. are you? Okay, false start. False start. False start, yeah. <laughs> Five-yard penalty. The dogs are about to start barking because the cat's out here. <laughs> no matter where you, my headphones don't reach that far. No matter where you go, there you were. <laughs> Why is it always in the last place you look? Okay, pod pad update. So, um, yes, update the pod pad. If you noticed... Well, you can't see. If you look at your screenshot of what you saw briefly. (laughs) I uh, noticed that there's a – we're like – we're going between two ferns here. We are between two ferns and a a hibiscus. Is I was going to be broadcasting from the pod pad, uh, a slightly renovated pod pad because I got – some new things to go up on uh, the wall. I was going to ask and, and so how the, that was going. Well, shittily. Um, uh, that's what I assume, <laughs> based on how this conversation has been going so far. You can't see, but if you could see on the uh, the video just then, I did the thing where I thought for a second, and I was like, wait, can I cuss on this? Fuck yeah, I can. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, yeah this, this is the cuss one. This is the cuss one. That's um, what we should call this now, just the cuss one. <laughs> Where we just get it all out of our system. Yeah. The uh, the pod pad has been totally pulled apart. I I've got some things. I'm I'm moving a couch up there. I'm I'm getting like a nice, nice couch with a couch cover so we can expand. We can get you know four people in there with the chairs as well and all that. But I pulled the shelves off the wall. And what I was going to do is I had ordered this. It looks like reclaimed wood mm-hmm. to go on the wall. Um, it's basically, well, it's basically wallpaper is, is a big, yeah. like a, like a big fat head decal thing that goes on the wall, but it looks really good, especially on camera. It looks fine. I mean, it's, it seems really cool. It seems really cool. Here's the thing. It doesn't just look like wallpaper. That shit's wallpaper. So <laughs> when I opened it up and I was like, there's no, no double side backing on this. I was like, damn, this feels oh, like wallpaper. No. And then I read the little, like the no. tiny, the tiny little sheet that comes with it. And they were like, um, things that Get you wallpaper. need, things that you need. Yeah. They were like, uh, well, make sure that you have a tape measure. And I'm like, cool. Oh, nice whiskey stones. Thank those, you. Look, those look great, man. Um, Classic. Uh, you are class. Look at you. What are we? Uh, so what are we sipping on while we're before we really ah. jump into it? What are we sipping on today? Yes. Uh, so we have uh, the the household standard old granddad bonded one hundred proof. Uh, nice. Great value bourbon. Great value bourbon. And uh, my aperture science mug. Nice. A trusted friend in science. I can see uh, my frozen face on that. <laughs> Because they're oh yeah, nice. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it now too. My goofy ass looking face just frozen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man, it's incredibly hard to be on because I'm looking at a static (laughs) screenshot and I'm just kind of like, yeah, this phone call, all right, whatever. Oh wait, no, 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 they're actually still recording me. Um, You can't see my visual cues when I'm like, stop, 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 stop. (laughs) Yeah, like no, this is like a 
massive. It, it's massively hard to pay attention to Beyond. Uh, but that's my evening coffee. So nice. Uh, that is uh, that is Death Wish. It is the pumpkin blend. Jeez, you were you're sending your body in two different directions. Your CNS system is both being ramped up and being like, chill the fuck out. I like my, it. cool. My my, okay. ca- my caffeine alcohol balance has to be just right. <laughs> It's like doing speedballs. You realize that's what that is, right? Caffeine is basically just like is it acts in your body just like cocaine does, except for it doesn't access the pleasure centers of your brain. But you get the same CNS stem, the elevated yeah. heart rate, the vasodilation. You get the whole thing, and then yeah, you also skip the five to ten if you get caught with it. <laughs> but you're basically doing like low level speedballs right now, anyway. Especially with Death Wish coffee. That's that. I, I hear that's good stuff. I need to try it. Try some of mine. Okay. If, if your heart survives, then you can order some. Well, I'm just on the vodka tonics. I'm I'm trying to there keep it, trying to keep it light. Get back in race uh, in race shape. So someone bringing class to this establishment. You're drinking bourbon. I'm drinking Tito's. I mean, it's, listen, I'm not bringing the class. Mine's just right, gluten free. Anyway, so PodPad is totally pulled apart. I found out the stuff was wallpaper, and they were basically like, "Here's what you need to put the put up the the nice looking reclaimed wall uh, decal." Right. Tape it, measure. Tape measure. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. You're doing the same like finger pointing thing I'm doing. <laughs> Tape measure. Um, and then they were like uh, something to mark it with, um, something to, mm-hmm. to cut it, you know, a nice straight right. edge, something like that. Um, and then wallpaper glue. <laughs> <laughs> and and then they were like, you know, the thing that smooths out the wallpaper glue and like the brushes to use the wallpaper glue and basically everything wallpaper glue. This is, this is like if you go to Ikea and you buy, you know, um, this, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sars guard and you come home and it's like, cool, here's what you need. Uh-huh. All right. You're going to need a tape measure, right? Uh-huh. You need uh, like a straight edge just to keep things in alignment. All right. Weird, but okay. Also, uh, bolts. Do you have bolts? Cause none of the fasteners are included. <laughs> Three quarter inch bolts with a hex head. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a locking uh, nut? <laughs> I do, but <laughs> do you have a caricature of a guy doing this? <laughs> Um, we also, oh, you haven't seen, we got a big bookcase, uh, bookcase for the, the living room. I'll have to send you a picture. Nice. Um, but along the same lines and it's from Ikea and it goes together. Great. Um, but at the very first page of it, uh, and there's no words cause I guess, I mean, you know, what are no they, words. They, I assume they're Swedish cause of the Swedish meatballs yeah. is there's, there's no words, English or, or Sweden, bork, bork. And, um, man, oh man, you want to know what's crazy? What's that? If you buy any of the smart home stuff, like the dimmer lights and they have curtains now, things like that, those instructions also don't have any words. <laughs> um, well, it's the, like, good luck. Well, the very first page of it is like, here's the things that comes with it. And it's like, all right, okay, cool. And then to your point, to wit uh, about the person like shaking their head is there's a, an illustration of a person like putting it together, like two people putting it together. It's teamwork. Right. You're going to take two people. And then it shows a person like getting angry and then like a big uh, circle with a line through it where it's like, <laughs> don't yes. get pissed off. So it's like, work together. Don't get pissed off. And Katie goes, manage your blood pressure. And Katie just holds it up and she goes, this is for you. Don't do this. And I was like, when have I ever got mad putting something together? And she's like, don't do this. And it's like a, a smash cut of like a dozen times. When oh, you're just about like, 10 minutes later, I was like, God dang it. <laughs> Threw a hammer down. It hit me in the toe. Uh, <laughs> Start strangling the piece of furniture. <laughs> so anyway, the bookshelf, the bookshelf looks great. <laughs> Good. Uh, and and your, uh, your wallpaper glue? Uh, it's on order. <laughs> No, actually, I'm going to bail. You don't have wallpaper glue on hand? That's, uh, I have it on my hands. <laughs> I have it on my legs. I have it everywhere. Um, oh. No, uh, what we're going to do is I'm actually going to bail on that because after I talked to her about it, I was like, you know what? For the amount of effort that it would be to put this stuff up, and it might not be a permanent thing, 
yeah. to, to put this up. I was like, I would almost rather just, you know what, actually find reclaimed wood and actually just, you know, put these into the studs because that's actually going to do less damage to the wall just to hammer these things into the studs and bracket them up, you know, yeah, maybe with a little honestly. bit of wood wood glue and, you know, general adhesive, some liquid nails and some studs. It'll be easier to actually put up a reclaimed wood wall. So I think that's what we're going to do. There's a few um, builder surplus places around uh, around the area between uh, you and you and me. We could probably hit up some of those and find some some good boards. Yeah, and even if it's like, even if you just go and get like new lumber, you can always like spray paint it, weather it up a little bit, and you know, yeah. make, make all that. Yeah, you, we could. Well, I actually have a good line on a lumber yard around here too, but reclaimed might be cheaper as long as we can make sure make sure you get it kiln dried. You don't want to get a bunch of critters in your house, right? So anyway, so I, I tore apart the I, I this tore old apart. this old pod pad with Lou. <laughs> this is like car talk, but not as funny. Um, I, 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 I <laughs> next is going to be don't pod don't pod like my friend. <laughs> Next is going to be American. Uh, Was it uh, a Prairie Home Companion? Is coming up next. Oh man! So wait. So uh, uh, I missed Garrison Keeler. Hold on. I, I want you to bring it in. I want you to bring in a Prairie Home Companion in NPR voice and go. And now a Prairie Home Companion. Nice. I like it. Um, lean into that accent a little bit more. I'm gonna. I'm gonna direct you for a second. Lean into <laughs> that accent a little bit more. Give, give me a little bit more accent. And now, a Prairie Home Companion. Perfect. Check the gate. I love it. Um, <laughs> oh, have you tied yourself a buttermilk? <laughs> um, anyway, so that's the pod pad update is that we're renovating it. There, it's going to look awesome uh, when we get people back in there, when we get the new podcast that's coming to the family on there. So let's talk about the podcast family a little bit. We, yes. uh, we, we talked about in BTE... Uh, best thing ever. We talked about that we we're adding a new pod to the uh, to the family. This is really kind of your uh, your brainchild. So um, you know, well, what? I'm my brainchild. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're really you're, this was you're, this was a user mission. Which FYI, if you got a good idea, we'd love to hear you out. Oh yeah, definitely. So why don't you, uh, since you're kind of heading that division, uh, why don't you give the the listeners a little idea of what the 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 new entertainment's going to be? Uh, I say we just go ahead and roll it out here. Just let just go ahead. Uh, we don't have to announce how often it's going to come out or when it's coming out, but let's just talk about the idea. Sure. So the idea that was proposed to us was basically, what if Gen Geek but ladies? What is it that's really, really interesting to? Our host and her friends. You know, some of the key features of this podcast is going to be um, some regulars, but rotating cast. You'll have your host. She'll always be there. Uh, but we're going to rotate through, get a few different per- perspectives every week. Uh, two or three podcasters. I'm not really sure. Co-hosts. But if they're rotating through, I'm not really sure what you call that. We'll figure that out. Put a pin in that. Not important. Uh, what is important is they're going to be talking about what's been going on in their lives, what's really interesting, what really drives them. So, again, like Gen Geek, but with ladies. Also, probably better. Fewer porches. But eventually, once uh, once we all start uh, being less socially distancing, probably going to be hosted in the pod pad as well. We're going to try to get, I know Ben said, let's not talk about schedules right now. I'm not going to talk about schedules specifically, but we are going to try to get some demo stuff out earlier. We're not going to wait until uh, the pod pad is open for business, especially since it's now currently covered in wallpaper. <laughs> but uh, format-wise, can be try to run around the same time we try to keep Gen Geek to. Uh, they will probably do a better job of keeping it to that. 
but we'll figure all that out in the end. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm super psyched about it. I think these are incredibly entertaining people. I love these people. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I love the people that are that are running this. And that's what it's about first and foremost for any of this stuff, right? It's about the people. You guys wouldn't come right. hang out with us if you didn't enjoy like, you know, li- not just listening to us, but being part of this. Um, that's what the way I've always described any podcast that I really like. And that's what I hope that we mm-hmm. strive to do is just to be, it should be like we're hanging out together. It should feel like you guys are there on the lanai drinking some of, of lose bourbon, uh, drinking a little bit of, of my, uh, of my Tito's having just your death witch coffee. If yeah. you know, if you're not one to imbibe in, in booze, all are welcome. Or just a death wish, whatever. Or just, just a death witch. Um, but the idea is it should feel like hanging out with your friends. And these people are super, super fun to hang out with. They've got a lot of really fun ideas that get them really excited. And you know what? If they're excited, I'm excited. We're all going to be excited together. So that's really exciting. I've said excited too much. You know, it's kind of like advertising where you're supposed to say the name of the product at least seven times. Um, yeah. the more you say it, the less like it sounds like a word. That's what actually has started to, it's one of those things that now that I know that you're supposed to say the name of the product seven times, it bothers me when I'm watching uh, commercials on TV. <laughs> Not that I watch them all that often, but, and they do this on YouTube a lot too. Uh, so don't demonetize us, please. But uh, they do it on YouTube a lot where it'll be people in a room and they're saying the name of the product and someone doesn't hear them say the name of the product very well. So it's always like, have you listened to Gin Geek? Gin Geek? What's Gin Geek? Gin Geek. You haven't heard of Gin Geek? Gin Geek. And then like the skip button comes up and it's like, of it course you're going to skip it. Times but they literally, realize what they're talking about. Yeah. They might as they, well, they've already done the work. They might as well take away the, 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 the very thinly veiled premise of just being like, oh, there's people in the room. They didn't really hear what they said. They should just have a guy get dead front camera and just go, Gin Geek, Gin Geek, Gin Geek, Gin Geek, Gin Geek, Gin Geek, Gin And just, oh, that's hey, it. just. If it's one of those unskippable ads, just get a guy, Gin Geek. <laughs> Gen Geek. <laughs> Gen Geek. Um, now, you know what? That, this makes me want to do an, uh, a, a commercial now, a skippable one, where you know it's like five seconds before the skip. It goes, hey, have you heard of this Gen Geek? Gen Geek? What's Gen Geek? You know about Gen Geek? Well, I should tell you about Gen Geek. And then, like the skip button comes up, and then you just kind of sit there for a few seconds. And it's like, well, actually, I don't know either. And it's just them saying all right, cool. Well, what else is going on? I don't know. I got the new Madden. Oh, cool. Let's do, let's do that. <laughs> it's like troll anyone who actually sits through it. Um, so let's move on to the next uh, the next. next little thing we got going on here. Let's quit talking about other people. <clears throat> let's talk about us and all the content we put out. Um, yeah, because we are still the most important. We are dropping very, very soon. Will be the reveal of... Well, actually, when, by the time this has come out, it's already come out. So anyway... Oh, right. Uh, we have not yet done the reveal. Right. So, uh, but but we are still recording it here because it'll be out otherwise. Anyway. Yes. That, sorry, that was that was off mic stuff. That's where we were like... It might be here. <laughs> um, it's 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 uh, Schrodinger's uh, release. Schrodinger's podcast. <laughs> yeah, depending on when it comes out and when this one gets cut. So, uh, best thing ever. The other podcast like we do. Feynman like diagrams. <laughs> Um, Sorry. No, 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 it's fine. Anything else uh, that you want to talk about for Neil? Yeah, uh, no, it's uh, something about causality. Uh, uh, so, uh, so best thing ever, where we discuss... The best thing ever. Uh, we discuss, yeah. you deliberate together. <laughs> it's even worse with the leg. <laughs> it was bad with the leg, but it's even worse when I can't see you. I know, I was going to say, I, I can take visual cues from you, but you can't take visual cues from me. Because it's when, so I, when, hard right when now. I was like, where we, where we discuss, and I like point to you, and it's like, where we discuss... Look here! Look here! 
I think for my penance, the next time, whether these work uh, correctly or not, I should have to cover up my screen and not watch you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, this is bad enough as it is. Let's not double down. Well, listen, you know what? Here's the thing, though. You're the only one of us that's good enough to be able to land a plane with instruments only, okay? I would have flown this <laughs> thing into the ground long ago. So if one of us has to be instruments only, I want you fl- landing this airplane in the middle yeah. of the fog. <laughs> hey, listen, I just want you to know. We're all counting on you. All right, now, everybody, get fresh position. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> hey, man, I, I am always for the low-hanging fruit, especially the ones that are on the ground rotting. It's <laughs> my jam. Um, sorry, I've got uh, my cats out here uh, harassing me and moving my mic around. Um is that Ollie? It's Ollie. Um, so anyway, are you you waving to Ollie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, he doesn't want me to pick him up. All right, <laughs> I can't see him anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, best thing ever. Um, I was just making sure that Keep was your right Yeah. So uh, so so best thing ever. Um, well, let's go ahead and talk about it a little bit. Let's give him a little brief because it's already out. So we might as well send them over here to it. Is um, best thing ever. This is bracket number ten. Diaz, yes. um, we we've hit uh, ten. So uh, this one is you know we all have some downtime, and we're going to talk about that in a second. We got some downtime right now. So this is best board game slash tabletop slash family ish game to play when you have to play with your family. Maybe it's a multi generational thing. Maybe you got younger kids, people that are our age, you know, thirties, forties, yep. that sort of thing. Um, maybe you you've got grandpa and grandma. You know, maybe they're, they're there with you and you have to play. Um, but uh, but these are some board games. Lou, uh, you want to shoot, shoot at us some of uh, some of the con- contestants? And we don't have shoots and ladders, but uh, yeah. you want to shoot us some of the, the contestants? I would love to, but I left my notebook downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, we definitely have some of your classic favorites like Monopoly and Risk. Yep, yep, yep. We went a little bit uh, Future Crime and pulled in Drawful, which I think is already off sale, but Drawful 2 was $0.09 cents on the Switch and was free on Steam as long as you got it. Right. So you might want to check uh, if they're cheap and you've never played Drawful before. Drawful 2, if it's, well, I mean, if it's free on Steam, you have literally nothing to lose. It is worth every penny. Uh, and you can even play it a bit if you're not familiar with it and uh, learn what it's like so you can have a bit more understanding of what's going on when we get into the brackets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you already mentioned those. Uh, we've got some other like newer classics, like Settlers of Catan. Um, great, we've got great some game. Clue. Although I don't Clue. think I don't think anyone from the 1980s something movie is going to show up. Although great movie, I can't get Katie to watch it, but it's a great movie. We tried to get Tim Curry, who was too expensive. <laughs> a Jenga, which yep. is I thought was really cool, very uh, outside of the box. Because if you try to play it in the box, it'll never fall. Right, and app, and we do have apples to apples in there as well. We, um, you know, there's a bunch remember, of different. Remember, remember, multi generational. You yeah. got the kids around. Cards Against Humanity, uh, Red Flags, probably not great. Though I'd really like to see. Uh, I like to see how Grandma gets along with Cards Against Humanity. I mean, do you? Ex- we'll find out something we don't want to learn. Do you explain what some of the things are to Grandma, or do you just go, "Ah, oh, Grandma," and then just kind of move on? Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I think I think she's going to explain some of the things to you. Oh, yeah. I think Grandma's on fortune. She's got way more free time than you do. She throws out terms you've never heard before. You're like, you're like, oh, Grandma, you don't know what a rusty trombone is, and she goes, oh, we used to call that a Billy Bob. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was way, way back. I know. Yeah, I've got four different names for that for the four different variations. And you're like, what are you? What? 
There's four? Whoa, that was the Scatman's oranges back in the day. <laughs> the Scatman's oranges is now my new favorite thing. <laughs> and it, we should make a shirt with that and on the back it says, if you have to ask. <laughs> Can I get two Scatman oranges? They only come in pairs. <laughs> Um, What's a ZJ? So it's ten dollars for a BJ, twelve dollars for an HJ, fifteen dollars for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? If you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. I got four dollars. Very uh. What if you have to ask, big dog? Um, okay, so let's move into you know. So that's what we're gonna be doing for for best thing ever. So if you're not already subscribed for that, go over there, subscribe to that, listen to that, so you can vote and help us decide what the best thing ever is. Um, so but those are the board games that you're playing with with some downtime. Speaking of downtime. Yes. What have you been doing with with your downtime? What's what's been going on lately? Through we haven't we we don't really like to lean into the whole thing that's going on right now. We we choose sure. to to focus on the more positive things in life and the positive. But we all know that we all have a lot of at home time right now. Unless you're essential, and if you are, thank you so much for everything that you're doing for Very being out, for being out there for working for keeping every everything in society going. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For those of us that are at home, what's been occupying your time? Well. Um was about two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. We got a we got a new couch at Sam's. We got some uh, older animals. You know, they're kind of making a mess of things sometimes. So, we got something. We said we can urine this for five, ten years, beat it into the ground, then get something nice. So, uh, unlike the old couch, it doesn't have my uh, my butt print in it. So, I've been really. <laughs> really trying to wear that back into this new couch. You worked hard for that butt print. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. People don't appreciate that, but well, honestly, it's, it's been pretty busy. I've been keeping busy, not as much sitting down as I had expected. I had expected, um, I expected a different month. So with the schools closed, a good bit of my day is uh, faux educator. And I say that because this isn't homeschooling. This is, this is like crisis schooling. Uh, I am not a homeschool teacher. I have not prepared for this. Our teacher is still sending us some lessons, but you know, someone has to make sure they get done. Someone has to provide the help. Someone has to, you know, call students on their on their nonsense. And they're saying, oh, I don't get this. No, you do. You're just stalling. Hey, do you want to just finish this? Like you could be done an hour early, two hours early if you just sat down and did it, you know, and then it's like, okay, cool. Do I promise that they can just play video games if they get done early? How many times can I do this before they're just playing video games all the time? Right. And given where I am, is that necessarily bad if if my kid turns out like me, okay, yeah, so I can't do that. Um, <laughs> I did see a thing that I really liked, uh, and, and there's so many, so many memes, so many memes mm-hmm. are out there. Uh, I'm, I'm overloaded with memes. I, I'm, I'm memed out. But one yeah. that did, one that did kind of make me laugh. And it wasn't even really just a meme. It was just a picture of um, whatever. The, what's the, what's the name of the type of math that, that kids are supposed to be learning now? It's the new way of, of putting everything oh, together. Um, new math. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Anyway, so I saw somebody that like it showed them like trying to do math and to teach them that math, and then there's a big circle and a line through it, and like no, you're carrying the four. Like, yeah, we're just yeah. listen. We're going back to what works. I know how to do this. Your teachers can unteach you what I've taught you when you go back. But between now and then, you're carrying the four. All right. 
Yeah. In our house, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the society's collapsing. No one can do math anymore. YouTube, um, YouTube has become part of our uh, education because uh, earlier today uh, we were talking mm-hmm. about conjunctions. And I'm in the next room and I'm not helpful at all because Katie's trying no. to be real good. And, you know, I was working on another project and just from the other room, you just hear, conjunction, conjunction, what's your function? Nice. And uh, <laughs> my neighbors hate me. Um, and, uh, and so Katie was like, yeah, we could watch that. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, we're watching that. So we sat down and started watching some of the old, uh, I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill and all that, that goodness. Yeah. Why, um, it's, it's, this is, it's, it's school now is like, is like the Incredibles too. <laughs> Why would they change math? Math is math. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, dad. They want us to do it. I don't way. know that way. Why would they change math? Uh, math is math. Okay, math dad. is math. I'll just wait for mom to get back. Um, I think what we, we're... we've been we've been leading on YouTube too is uh, as well. We have um, we've been doing walking tours of a bunch of different museums. Oh, that's cool! I haven't done that. I wanted to try that, dude. There's a great one. I'll send you a link later, um, and maybe we'll put it in the in the show notes on YouTube or something. But there's a great one for the Louvre that we watched. Uh, watch it on speed up, but. <laughs> it's the largest. It's the largest art museum uh, based on Wikipedia's inclusion, uh, you know, rules. But still, it's the Louvre is massive. It's massive. So it's two hours of walkthroughs, and they basically don't focus on anything. So watching it sped up is a good way to kind of get through it and see a lot of stuff. That's awesome. I, I mean, obviously, I've never been to to Paris, so I think uh, that would be awesome. I've never seen that. Um, somehow, I, I can say cool. that's good that's come out of this. Well, here's one thing I do want to uh, circle uh-huh. back on is um, yeah, well, those, what those, we're doing, those, not what we're doing for our families. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but, but <laughs> not the direction you wanted to go. I understand that. <laughs> but no, but but teaching at home and, and having to to help teach the, the kids at home, I obviously already had a ton of respect for teachers, and I'm not just pandering here. And I and I know it's going to no, sound like not I at am, all. But you know, obviously, I have a ton of respect for for teachers. Most of the people in my family, in one way, form or another, are educators. My mom is, Katie is, her mom and dad have both been in the education system. Uh, my aunt was with the University of Georgia, and my my only first cousin uh, is a middle school teacher. So I mean just inundated with with educators around me but getting to see firsthand them working with the kids through like <laughs> Skype meetings and and right. that sort of thing and then being handed that baton and be like now you teach something i teachers have the patience of saints of literal saints because yeah, about imagine 50, how bad your kid is and they're dealing with 25 of them. They're dealing with 25 of them. And I'm dealing with one of the ones that does fine. Like he has above average scores, but I'm still sitting here going, how can you not get this? It's just this. Here's just the answer. I don't know how it's just the answer. It's just the answer. Cause it's in my old just memorize brain. It. It's in my old brain. Just memorize it. Like the rest of us old people did carve it into stone. Like we did at the turn of the century and just go. Yeah. Just memorize it. And they're wondering why they're doing new math now. <laughs> like, I don't know. This is it. <laughs> Yeah, but you can add one to anything. <clears throat> yeah, but if we're forced to learn new math, we're like, nope, nope, not doing it. We ask them to learn new <laughs> stuff all the time. It's like, nope, nope, this dog doesn't roll over. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, but what have you been doing that's like not for your family? <laughs> exactly. Well, here's what I've been doing is, uh, well, you talk about not sitting down as much, and because you would think, oh, well, with, all, with all the time, we're just going to sit down and just go through every single show that ever was. And I'm sure some people are doing that, but I've talked to a couple of people that have been kind of like me, where it's like, you know how when you're 
not at the beach. All you want to do is be at the beach. But right. then at a certain point of being at the beach, you're like, I'm just ready to be back to other things. I use that example to say this, is that I know a lot of people that were working all the time. And they're like, I just want to go home and watch Shit's Creek. I just want to go home yes. and just relax. And then when given all the time to do that, then you go, well, I can't just sit around all the time. And so it becomes motivating in the opposite direction. I'm sure there's a psychological study that and a name to this, that like Dunning-Kruger or something that explains yeah. what this is. You seem to want that thing that you have very little of. And then when giving an overabundance of it, then all of a sudden you're like, I didn't really want this as much as I thought I did. And then you find that things that are a little bit more task intensive all of a sudden have a lot more joy to them. The um, Fitzpatrick monkey paw effect. Okay. You know what? I've got, I'm putting that on a shirt too. So we've started doing a bunch of stuff around the house and we've been getting outside more. We've been taking a lot of walks. I saw on this little back alley here, you know what I'm talking about. Other people don't know, but oh, yeah. the way my neighborhood is set up, you have like the street fronts don't have any of the driveways. It's just mailboxes and walkways and all the, the driveways are on the backside of the, the, of the house. Right. So if you live in Denver, Every residential area. Okay, so it's like the Denver. So this, this back alley back here, which is not a named road, it's just the back area to, to get back to the house. I was walking uh, the dogs and with my youngest yesterday, and there was easily 20, 25 people out just doing the exact same thing. So I don't want to say that good things are necessarily coming out of this. Well, no, there, good things are coming out of this. Overall, it's a crisis. Sure. There are some good things coming out of this. It, it's and, okay to say that there are good things coming out of this. There are bad things as well, but there are very few things in life that are... 100% good or 100% bad. And I think it's okay to celebrate the good things that have come out of it. Right. So, you know, I've seen a lot more uh, neighbors than I've ever seen before. And what I've actually noticed is, <clears throat> excuse me, what I've actually noticed is that more people are waving to each other. I don't know if you've noticed this uh, as well when you go out, but when I go out now, people that usually were so busy with their hustle and bustle and things that they were doing were way too busy to stop and actually say hi to people. And maybe it's because, yes, there is a crisis going on and people have a tendency to soften their hearts and that, that sort of thing. But I'm seeing people and there's just 20, 25 people all out walking their dogs. Kids are on scooters and bikes and, and all that sort of thing. And people are waving. And because we don't normally get to talk to each other and we're not supposed to, then all of a sudden people want to stop and talk from 10 feet away and just be like, hey, how are you? How's your day going? You know? Yeah. So, people aren't as tired. They're getting out. They need to, need to do something. It's just this is an opportunity now throughout the day. The flip side of that is I've noticed like, you know, I, I know you've made some food runs every so often. I have to go to the post office. If you go out and you wear a mask, even if it's even if it's just, you know, a, a recycled mask, like a, a cloth mask, something like that, a bandana mask, whatever you're doing, no one can see you smile and you can't see anyone <laughs> else smile. It sucks. Right. So there's a lot more waving and other pleasantries, better, more conversationalism, getting things done because you have to compensate for the lack of a smile somehow. Right. I don't know. Some people are still jerks. Some people are just always going to be jerks. But I've noticed that even a, you know, thank you for thank you for all you do just gets very far. Like it's very much uh, taken, you know, appreciated. I couldn't imagine two months ago walking into, say, Kroger and say, thank you for all you do. Like, right. And the butcher's just sitting there is like, cool. This is like point nine eight pounds. Do you want like another slice? <laughs> you know, well, but also, now, now it's genuinely appreciated because well, the, the, the work hasn't changed. The circumstances have changed, but all these people who are doing these, you know, the essential jobs, these are the things, these are the things that keep, keep the wheels on the car. Right. Absolutely. And using that as an example of like uh, going to Kroger, uh, going to the grocery store is a lot of the people that are out there risking, you know, contracting this virus and, and all that are young people. Like the people who work yeah. at the grocery store, some of them are older, some of them is retirement job and that sort of thing. But most of them are 
out of high school or in high school, you know, kids. It's, you know, people that are young 20s and, and that sort of thing. And they're just, they have to have that paycheck and they're basically risking their lives to be out there. Like, I think back to when I was, you know, 20 years old and you asked me in this whole crisis to be in the middle of it. I don't know, right. man. That's that's a lot to ask of a young person. So so that uh, I mean, that all aside, people have been nicer when we've been outside. I have tried to watch some TV. I know that sounds bad, but for those that know me, <coughs> I, don't, you I, don't, some of that. I don't sit very well. I'm not... <clears throat> Excuse me. Lou, uh, Lou and I, when we were talking about setting up this podcast years ago, we had a long conversation about whether or not we should be seated or if we should be like standing up and, and like at a table or anything like that. Ah, so we started to I, have, I have an adjustable height desk here. Yeah. Oh, you have a standing desk. I could stand. Oh, that's, I don't know how this is going to work with. with whoa, my that's wires. awesome. It feels like I'm um, riding an elevator right now. I'm just waiting for something. Third floor, lingerie. Third floor, lingerie. Of course, now I have to squat because of the way it's set with the microphone and the camera. If it's no, uncomfortable, put put it, yeah. If it's uncomfortable, put it back down. Um, oh yeah, you know me. I'm not in shape. I can't squat that long. <laughs> How was the podcast? I did 30 minutes of wall sits. Um, no, that's that's amazing. So so for those that know in either of us, um, we have a tendency to fidget and move around and do things. So the irony was we had a conversation about whether or not we should have a standing desk or be seated or be on a yeah. couch or anything else. Um, a long conversation. A long conversation. And as we were having this conversation, we were pacing around the pod pad, um, just kind of making loops with each other as we were talking. And then I got so frustrated, like of fidgeting and walking around, I threw my guitar on with like the electric, but with not plugged into anything. And I'm just doodling on the electric to while we're talking on this because I just can't sit still. So I've been trying to sit still a little bit um, <laughs> and it's not been going very well. But what I will say is um, I, it gave me a chance. I've got Disney Plus, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> no big deal, whatever, a little dust off the shoulder. Uh, I got, I have Disney Plus and you know the kids have been watching the Marvel movies and a bunch. They they watch they watch Steamboat Willie like the old stuff. Nice. Um, it was awesome. But here's the are thing. they watching the new Mickey Mouse? Uh, not like yet. The, oh, they're so good. Now to be clear, that's when we were talking about that the uh, Disney's Runaway Railroad is is that we called it the Ren and Stimpy animation yes. style. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm getting this right. So, but what I, I do love is I love documentaries. I love real life things wow, <clears> and I love seeing the imagineering house. documentary. And so what I've been watching is the Imagineering story. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I know a, a good bit about Disney. You know, we've gone a good bit. I've got friends that work for the company that are cast members that have been there for years. I pride myself on knowing like when people start talking about g going on a Disney trip. Now, Charlotte aside, because she books specifically for Disney. Well, um, sure. You guys are in the upper echelon of knowing things about Disney, but for the rest of the the people on Earth, um, well, I had worked there too. What's that? I had worked oh, there too. Yeah, you worked there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me, you worked in studios, right? No, uh, Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, now that was okay. That was like twenty years ago now, but right. <laughs> um, so. Uh, so, but I know a good bit about it. It's where, you know, Katie and I got engaged. Uh, whenever somebody brings up something about, you know, Disney, I'm that guy. I'm sorry. And I apologize for being this. I'm that guy that's like, oh, you mean this? And then like, I correct like exactly how they said it. And I'm like, oh God, I'm that guy. I'm so sorry. That being said is I learned some things on the Imagineering story that I'd never heard before. I knew nothing about Westcott and I am now obsessed. Uh -huh. With what could have been Westcott. So this is why I, I said I, you probably don't need to do the research on this research segment because you oh, probably I, already, already know a good bit about it. That was that was brand new to me, too. I really? honestly did not know about that. Yeah. And it was fascinating. For those that, that 
for those that already know about Westcott, sorry, we're going to cover over some stuff uh, that you already seen. For those that have seen an Imagineering um, story, Actually, sorry. Now I got to pull this up on Google <laughs> Maps because now the orientation of the park is messing with my head. But please go on. Right. Um, so uh, it is. It was supposed to be. So <clears throat> when Eisner and um, who's the other guy? Um, uh, not Iger. That was before Iger. Um, oh, Michael it was um, and blah 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 blah. Yeah, the guy who there. died in the yes in the helicopter thing. helicopter accident. Oh. Uh, I'll think of it in a second. Frank anyway, something. Frank Wells. Frank Wells. Uh, Frank Thank Wells. You. Together, we're one smart person. Yeah. <laughs> we make one functioning human being. <laughs> well, I said smart. I didn't say functioning. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Details. Um, is hey, At least we got that going for us, which is nice. <laughs> is um, So they wanted to do another gate, and Eisner wanted to aggressively expand. So at the same time that they were opening up Euro Disney or yeah, building which Euro also Disney. Did really well. Yeah, that didn't that didn't go so great. But they wanted to um, have a second. They didn't gate. know that at the time. Yeah, right. They wanted to have they a second gate at uh, at Disneyland in Anaheim, um, and so what they came up with was Westcott, a three billion dollars, and this is in the eighties, eighties dollars, three billion dollar project. It would have instead of Spaceship Earth, it would have Space Station Earth, which would be you know the the tallest of any Disney's park centerpiece anywhere worldwide then or now at at over 300 feet tall it was just supposed to be this massive thing but what really grabbed my attention and why i wanted to talk about it was something you and i talked about which was you know epcot was originally supposed to be a community of people living in it westcott was designed for all the hotels to be adjacent to and attached to the different countries at world showcase so so the idea was if you were staying in france you would literally have your park entrance would be through your hotel to oh, go man. out into the into the park. So same thing with Italy and Germany and all the other ones. And I would love to stay at an onsen like right outside of Japan and walk into um, like the Mitsukoshi store. That's that just, would be amazing. That's exactly it. Think about this. <clears throat> Think about if you're staying in France. Um, and you're like, you know what? I really want, it's like 11 o'clock at night. Cause the idea was that you could just explore all of the world showcase any time of day because yes, that's the park. So the attractions were going to be closed, but you would have late night eateries and places that would open up for breakfast and things like that. Right. So imagine it's like late at night and you're like, you know what? I really want a Hefeweiss from Germany. And so like, it's like 11 o'clock at night. The rest of the park is closed. There's not a lot of people out, but you just walk downstairs, you walk out and you walk over to to Germany. You sit at the little bar there and you get yourself a Hefeweiss, go back to your room. Uh, You get sleep, but you're too excited to sleep. So you wake up early in the morning and you're like, "Ah, I really want a good, strong French roast. And so then you go downstairs and you just go out into the park and get a French roast at the French pavilion and then just walk a few steps back to to your hotel. It would just be incredible. That was the, um, I mean, the closest we have to that now is the uh, the yacht club, beach club, boardwalk area, and it's it's a hike, and none of it's themed to Epcot. Right. So what that brings me to is, and and there was a bunch of other stuff I didn't get a chance to go over, but it was, it was supposed to be a massive project. Westcott was. There's a lot that I'm missing. I'm sure they were going to bring in some of the other rides, you know, Horizons and you know, Journey yeah. to Imagination and that sort of thing. Um, Back when Horizons was like cutting edge, the thing. 
Um, you, could, you could choose your adventure. It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> Blew my mind as a kid. So, of course, that ended up falling through. It became Disney's California Adventure. And, of course, that right off the bat was kind of their cheaper. At $600 million, it was cheaper than their yeah, $3 billion. Right. Um, and it should. You know, and, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. California Adventure. Crap. Right. They had to come back in and do a multi-billion dollar renovation of it, uh, you know, like, what, six years after it opened or something like that? Um, well, they had the, to retheme the whole thing, too. Like, it was, it was not, yeah. Well, it, it was it was kind of suffering from even even Euro Disney like they they pushed the imagination they talked about in the documentary so much about how they were pushing imagination at that point. Yeah, no, the fit and finish wasn't that great. Like their level four detail or even their level three detail just never got executed right. for some reason. Right, it, it was clearly planned for, and it, level four and level three detail is. Um, one of those things that I had never, I didn't, I hadn't heard classified that way until I watched a documentary. Another thing I learned from it. Uh, do you want to, do you want to explain to those that are listening that don't know what the, those four levels are? Yeah. Your level one detail is um, basically uh, your, your street level detail. You know, you walk in and you can see main street USA. Right. Main you street see USA like a, looks like a populated street. Right. You can see Cinderella's castle. As you walk in, you see the, the town church in the center of town. Right. Over the top there are of three everything floors. else. There are three floors. There are windows, you know, so there's, this is a functioning street. And then when you get in further, you see like the block level detail. There are shops. There are um, people going about their business. You know, you have your uh, barbershop quartet, things like that. Um, so these things have to stand up to be like this elements of uh, it's like it's like a scene in a play as opposed to like the whole stage, the whole play. You see the whole play play, you know, out in front of you as you're going to walk down Main Street. Now you're seeing this one scene and that has to be cohesive. And then layer three is walking up to the building. Um, and you have the names in the windows, the proprietors, um, all the details. What What is the store? What does it sell? Things like that. Um, is it telling the story? Or if you go to the Haunted Mansion, like, you know, now you're kind of right at the front of it. Say you're standing outside uh, near where the carriage is in Disney World at Magic Kingdom and looking at the building itself. And then you get your level four detail where it's like you're walking in the door. The door has detail. The knobs, you're going to touch the knobs. So the knob has to have physical details. Um, is it cold to the touch? Is it hard, cold and hard? Like, you know, you would see for like the Haunted Mansion. Uh, is it warm and welcoming for somewhere else? Is it fantastical? Um, so you kind of step into these levels of detail and it has to work at all levels. You can't work at, say, right up front, see everything. But if you step back and everything else is a hodgepodge, the story doesn't make any sense. You don't, you know, you're not drawn into that fourth level of detail. Meanwhile, if you're drawn all the way through the first three levels of detail and you get up to that fourth level of detail and now all of a sudden the door is like, you know, some fiberboard, um, you like push it into like cracks, you know, in half or something like that. All of a sudden the immersion is ruined and you've lost the value of those first three levels of detail goes away because you've lost it. Right. And you were saying that, uh, Euro Disney, uh, Disneyland Paris, Euro Disney, they were suffering from that uh, from the onset, correct? That, that's what I understand. I, I didn't see it in person. Right. Um, it, but, it, it's like it's like they cut the cost. Like they planned for it, clearly, but it's like they cut the cost or right. something. Maybe, maybe it was just a cost-cutting measure. And from what I saw, Disney's California Adventure definitely suffered from not having that, that fourth level of detail because it yeah. looked like a lot of the rides were just these kind of, you know, supplanted like, you know, carnival rides, you know, yeah. like drop towers and things like that. And it's like, that's great, but what's what's the story being told by that drop well, it was, tower? Yeah, it was it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be the like California Pier, California Pier carnival atmosphere. But from what I understand, again, you know, I didn't see it in person. From what I understand, like, like you said, you get up to it. Cool. Why is this here? What is its story? Oh no, it's just a copy paste of a ride. So it didn't satisfy the, like the fourth or even the third level detail. 
Right. And what that leads me to is I wonder with Westcott and the way that fell through and then they went with something cheaper. Um, Disney is currently in the process of putting a ton of money, ton of money into Star Wars. My friends. And and specifically Star Wars Galactic Cruiser, the hotel that was supposed to be adjacent, much like Westcott. Right. Was to be adjacent to uh, 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 were to have hotels that were going to be adjacent to the park. That's going to be a gate. Going into uh, going into the studios, I don't know what's going to happen there. You're familiar with the rumor um, that when you're in that hotel, it's supposed to be like a two night experience. It's a story that you evolve through while you're at the hotel. That back gate will dump you into Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and your immersive experience, your story that you work through you're going to have optional missions within the park itself. So that story carries into Galaxy's Edge. Right. That's and they, one of the rumors. And, and Galaxy's Edge has definitely nailed that fourth level detail. Uh, and you say rumors, but from what I understand, I mean, it was when they did the announcement after D23, um, as I understand it, it's that's pretty much confirmed that it's a two-day experience that you are leaving when you go into the entry to the, the hotel, you are then basically going to be transported to the Galactic Cruiser uh, as you go to your room. Um, and then, yeah, the story, there would be trainings and things that happen in the hotel. But as you exit the hotel and you interact with people, how you fly That's the Millennium Falcon in, in Smuggler's Run will affect what happens um, with your story, you know? Um, great point. It's not a rumor. That's basically confirmed after D23. I mean, I expect there's, we need to be very, very generous in what actually gets done. But I think the point is that they set a really ambitious goal. Right. And I, I, I obviously I want this thing to go through because we were talking about this and, and you and I both were like, how much money would you spend to do this? And it's like, I'm pretty much going to, unless it's an order of magnitude off of what I think it's going to be, we're pretty much going to spend the money to do this. Like if they're like, we're going to do this. If they're like hundred thousand dollars, they'll be like, I, no, I can't, no. I can't do that. No. But if yeah. they're like, but if they're like, Hey, it's a couple of days, but it's a custom for you. You live in star Wars. For two days, it was like, yeah, yeah, a couple of grand, yeah, uh, that's probably going to happen. And don't get me wrong, I don't have a couple of grand to spend. None of us have no. a couple of grand to, to spend, but over time, I will find a way to do that. But my, yeah, we're not going to be there day one. But no, but my question, I, what I guess, what I really want to know about is, you know, they put everything on on hold with everything that's going on right, right now. They're furloughing like thirty thousand people. I mean, the people that I yeah. know that work for the company, most of them are getting furloughed, and the ones that aren't, they're basically like, we may. Um, yeah, but that well, be, it's pretty much all the non-union staff, except like executives, from what I understand. Right. So that said, is I wonder. You know, they already paid a lot of money to develop like the screens that are going to be used in, in Galactic Cruiser because the screens are kind of like uh -huh. the, the portholes, the windows, and all that. But there's all this technology about how everything's directed at you and how to make it a custom experience for you and all that. And then everything's been put on hold. I wonder do they go through with this project or do they Westcott it and just go, you know what? It'll be cheaper just to make a regular uh, hotel and we're just going to back out of this whole experience altogether. Uh, with. With the popularity of Galaxy's Edge, I can't imagine a world where they don't try to wring more money out of Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> to boldly go where no man has gone before. I'm out leaving Star that Wars? in. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> 
I can't Listen, imagine Gene if you don't try to. Would be very sad. He'd be he would be rolling in his lightsaber grave. <laughs> um, look, I, what they're going to do is they're going to get you as a captive audience, and you, they're going to send people into the park running around with phasers set to stun. <laughs> It's going to be insane. Like they would be stupid to walk away from that how that kind of you, engagement. In, but how, in the one second, it might, sorry, it might be delayed. Going with what you were going to say, sorry to step on yeah. you for a second. Is uh, how sad would you be if you got your little if you went to your Star Trek experience? And, uh-huh. No, no, seriously. If you went to a Star Trek experience and like here's your red shirt and you're like, God damn it, really? Nice. <laughs> how long was your experience? I literally walked into the lobby and got shot. That was literally <laughs> my entire experience. <laughs> Um, Wait, which one is this? TOS? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're not talking Captain Picard here, man. You're not. You're not yeah. getting four sigils on that. All right, you got the wrong red shirt. Um, at best, you're, you're beaming down. You over there? <laughs> um, Stand on that X. So, uh, uh, but yeah, it's. Um, I, I. It also kind of depends on how far along they are on the project. Uh, there is such a thing as a sunk cost fallacy, but if they have a lot less, I heard. They were taking reservation. They were planning to take reservations for 2021, which means basically by end of 2020, they could take reservations that could be up to a year out because that's I can't remember the exact number, but roughly that is what their systems will do for bookings. So it wasn't worst case or latest case scenario. It probably wasn't going to open till end of 2021 anyway. It might still be really far out. You know, I mean, maybe maybe they're far. Maybe they're not too far into it and they can either cut it loose or they can say, well, you know what? We'll defer it a bit. Uh, my money would be on. We hear that it gets pushed back if anything, because Disney's going to need to generate revenue. They had some really be- They had some really good uh, lending terms recently. So provided they can open more revenue streams soon, because most of the revenue streams are still available, but the parks being closed, like really hard cut off some of those taps movies. I mean, you know, they're not coming out for a while. A lot of those have been pushed back, but they're going to have a backlog of stuff. They're going to need to bring that revenue back um, for the shareholders, not even for the staff, which, you know, you can argue about capitalism all day, but guess what? That stock price has got to go up. So they got to bring that revenue back. And when you have an opportunity to make use of a plot of land like that, they're not putting another. They're not putting another land or a Hollywood Studios expansion in that kind of space. Right. I mean, if they slated it for a hotel and they could generate revenue on that parcel of land. Right. I, I have to wonder. Based on you've kind of swayed me. Now I'm starting to think. Well, you know, they want to go with their their sure deals, right? Like in the movie industry, you know, used to be used to be back back in the day, used to right. be you had movies of all sorts of budgets were doing fine. Now it's. Either you go see a gigantic blockbuster, you go see right. Avengers, um, and they spend $200 million making it, and they make billions on the movie. Or you go see like an indie movie at like an art house. There's really not a lot of in-between of like, oh, it's an okay movie. People just wait for it to come to streaming, which obviously was what, with what's going on now, a lot of movies are being released straight to streaming at a higher price point, $20 to right. rent it. Basically, offsetting what you man, I've been for. waiting that forever. Uh, I have too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so beh- excited. I'm, I'm behind that. But the idea is kind of uh, for me, kind of launching off what you're saying is they want a sure deal. So if they're pretty yeah. far along with this hotel, they know how successful uh, you know all the Star Wars properties IPs have been for them. So maybe they go really pot commit on 
do in this hotel and just go, you know what? We need to come people to come back to the park. And the best way we know to get people to come back to the park is give this them this great two-day Star Wars experience. We're going to use the Star Wars fans to launch into getting everybody back to the park in the same way that it's going to be hard to get a lot of people to go into the movie theater, but the only way they're going to get people to go back to a movie theater is another Avengers, you know, like yeah. another and it's, gigantic, another Star Wars movie. And that's a great point because, you know, one of the reasons that we're really big on, the, the, the movies are really big. They're a big wave. They're a big surge as you go see the movie. Then interest dies off. Then you go buy it or on Amazon or, you know, if you're like me, DVD, if you're 500 years old, Blu-ray, whatever. It's it's novelty. And this this resort would be novelty. It's not just a new hotel. It's a whole experience. This is something brand new. And if they know anything, it's they know how things are performing in their parks. Uh, they know how many lightsabers they're selling at three, four, five hundred dollars a pop. They know people are paying for that immersive experience. There may be a fair amount of noise of, uh, you know, people upset with the latest Star Wars movies, things like that. But there's plenty, plenty of fans, some who even didn't like certain parts of some of the movies who are still willing to say, oh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll buy that five hundred dollar lightsaber. So if you can give if you can if you can segment your market, you bring people in the park, you're going to sell somebody something at Ronto's Roasters, right? You're going to sell somebody something cheap. You're going to get a kid in R2, you know, build your own droid. Dad's going to get, you know, an expensive lightsaber. Uh, mom's going to get frustrated and go into Toy Story Land. Um, but there's a higher level, right? Like someone could max out. They, I, you know, every day someone's in there maxing out a lightsaber. What's that next segment? That's that resort. And you can capture that. Um, now, that being said, you know, uh, some of the there's some counter arguments, as you pointed out. Uh, a lot of the staff are being furloughed. There's some support network trying to be cobbled together, but um, right now there's there's not a lot of options for people who aren't getting paid to be able to pay their mortgage, feed feed themselves, feed their families if they're family people. So it's entirely possible, depending on how long this furlough lasts, that a lot of younger people are going to move back home. Um, a lot of you know people who can afford to stay might take other jobs that come back sooner just to you know maybe work at a grocery store or something like that a lot of these there's a lot of jobs that are you know not terribly high paying and if you can just generate revenue for your family you know they're furloughed they have the option to come back but i mean they might not it might not it might be a, a big risk to them uh to switch again and then wait another 2 4 weeks for the next paycheck when they've already been jostled once so bringing the staff back is going to be tough and opening a new resort, you're going to need not only staff, but special training. Where does that come from? Like, there's a lot of risks. Now, again, potentially generously, we could say that even before uh, they closed the parks, they were looking at opening this resort end of 2021. So timeline's far off anyway. Maybe they have time for that. But I mean, there's a lot of good reasons to defer it. And there is the fallacy of the sunk cost. And if anyone knows, if anyone should be capable of knowing that sometimes you have to cut the cord and the sunk cost is already gone, um, it should be executives now. Whether or not they do, I don't know. But right. So uh, there, there's a, there's a lot of headwinds. You make you made a really good point about whether or not it might be there. And along those same lines is you know I think everybody's going to be changed after this. Everybody how they go about their daily lives are going to be changed. Uh, and like I said, hopefully some parts are better. Hopefully people come out with better relationships with their with their families, their kids, their spouses, all that sort of thing. Um, hopefully the divorce rate doesn't just skyrocket or something. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think that's the most likely thing. <laughs> but, trapped for like trapped in such small places, a lot of people don't have those coping mechanisms. But along those same lines, I mean that's why we have whiskey and, and vodka tonics. Um, here, here. But, uh, but what, what's 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 your thoughts on it? I, I talked a lot about it. What do you think? Well, yeah. Uh, what, what I was going to say. Delay, cancel. 
Uh, yeah, let's start at that, and then I'll get to, to what I was uh, about to say. Actually, excellent question. Thank you for keeping me on, on task. Is um, I think that they probably have so much money already put into it because they paid for the technology to have a fully immersive experience the way no one else has. And I will liken it to to the uh, Rise of the Resistance, which I've not ridden. I know you uh, haven't. Me neither. I'm not going to give spoilers, but I do Ooh. know more about it than I should because I'm just so not good at waiting on these sorts of things because I want that sure. taste. I didn't. I, I didn't know when when the ride came out. I didn't have it anywhere on my radar of when I knew I would be able to go. I was bogged down neck deep in a bunch of other stuff. Um, so, uh, so I, I do know more about the ride than I probably should. That said, it's a revolutionary ride system. Systems. It's multiple systems that, that are put together, which is incredible and amazing and everything else. They put a ton of money and a ton of time into Rise of the Resistance to make it a completely new experience for people. Mm-hmm. Likewise, they are doing for hotels what rise the resistance did for themed attractions is they put a ton of money in development to do something that's never been done i don't think you back out on that no matter yeah. how much the how, no matter how much it costs so yeah i think the timeline extends but i don't think that you back out ever i think that you have to use that as your way of going i know you're timid to come back to the park but and then they throw their big star wars d <laughs> out on the table and just just go yeah but look at this thing and you're like you know what you, you, you're right, Ron Jeremy. We got we to gotta go do that. Um, so to that end, to tie this together to something we were talking about earlier, uh, there is a YouTube Disney Imagineering channel. Really? And they okay. show some of the like behind-the-scenes stuff, talk about things for kids to watch, to educate. Would not be, would not be the worst uh, channel. There is another channel that I was look- I'm looking for and I can't find it. I don't know what it is, but they have a more um, – it's the Imagineers, but it's some of the stuff they're experimenting with, like how they're doing holographic projection, things like that. And sometimes they just show some proofs of concept stuff. Uh-huh. And I cannot find that channel right now for the life of me. But the um, it's a lot more Disney Research Hub. Okay, Disney so Research Disney Hub. Research, gotcha. That one's a bit, yeah, that one's a bit deeper. Uh, probably better fit for like uh, for you, um, less fit for the kids necessarily. But um, Disney Imagineering also has a channel. Great stuff. Highly recommended for showing off the kids. Right. And um, what, something I thought that was interesting about just watching the Imagineering story, as far as I've watched it, is what's really, really interesting is... I keep lifting this like it's going to magically refill. Yeah, it's you done. can go get some more if you want to. We can always pause. Nah, nah. Okay. Uh, I got Death Wish, Death Wish Coffee. I can hear your CNS stem just going up. Um, yes. <laughs> Um, I can hear your. I know what that means, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> um, is with the Imagineering story. One thing I found really, really fascinating is because we have so much technology at our hands, like just the, the dumbest things of like a laser level. I was, uh, you know, we put the bookshelf together. I needed to hang some pic- pictures, right? And I've traditionally just always used like analog bubble in water, and um, or whatever the fluid is. And um, I just don't drink I, it. I don't. Just give me that advice. Don't drink it again. Um, <laughs> anyway, I've been drunk on that shit for days. Well, um, sure, don't drink it again. The second time, it's pee. <laughs> true, very, very true. Um, Which is a great leveling fluid. But anyway, so anyway, so what I was going to say is that like it's just the dumbest little things that are technology of like a laser level. Now I was able to to hang like two pictures perfectly level in like thirty seconds. That said, we have more technology in our cell phones here. Then they had, you know, as everybody knows, more technology in cell phones than they had, you know, landing, um, uh, landing on the moon. Um, or that's so 10 years ago. <laughs> um, 
But with the Imagineering story, a lot of the stuff that they came up with, you know, the whole idea of like, you know, taking old gags like Pepper's Ghost um, or but, or basically doing um, uh, image mapping like on the faces in the um, uh, I lost your visual. Um, yeah, I clicked the share. Go, right. I was trying to. Um, Is my I know face it's not back or am I still frozen? No, nah, you're still frozen. <laughs> I know I know it's not surreptitious because you can see me whenever I'm operating the keyboard because uh, of the camera angle. But I was trying to send you a, a link to an article on the sly. Oh, yeah, you, you got it. Yeah, you sent it to me. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Well, I click I click the share screen and it turns off the camera when you do that. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what happened. Anyway, sorry. So uh, what I was going to say is uh, what's interesting about the Imagineering story is that they came up with a lot of technologies that they still use today. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that the, all these mapping outs of everything, you know, not just the park itself, but like the rides and the ride vehicles and everything else. And I was like, how'd you figure it out? Like, look at Space Mountain. They didn't have gigantic yeah. computers to come up with Space Mountain. They're just like, ah, I think that'll roll, you know? <laughs> well, remember, uh, remember it was, um, I believe it was like the Haunted Mansion or something like that. They were talking about designing uh, for Magic Kingdom. And they said there was like two or three producers of digital audio decks in the entire world. And overnight, we became the largest digital audio studio. Right. Because we bought like all of them. We bought all of them. How do you, when there's only like three, how do you find an expert in it? And they're like, who's the best person at using this thing? And they're like, you, you are the, yeah. you're, you're it. They're like, I don't know shit about this thing. They're like, yeah, but you know the most about it. I, you know, it's, it's really it's really weird how you used to be able to just luck your way into that. Um, and it, it became kind of like a punishment, right? It's just, well, we're, we're doing all this stuff. Well, cool. Who's the expert in it? Well, well, you thought this was a good idea. I guess you are now. You better figure it out. Right. Um, but nowadays, like in technology, you'll find someone wants, they want someone with, uh, they want a senior level systems engineer. So they want someone with 10 years experience in Terraform that's been out like six years. Like no one, no one could possibly have it. There's been stories where people who have in, invented frameworks for JavaScript, things like that, for you know the web, they're literally the person who wrote it and accepted the contributions and managed the project. And they'll interview for somewhere, and they're like, "Well, you don't really have the experience we're looking for in this in this project." It's like, "Well, all right. I mean, I wrote it and I maintain it, but sure." Right. Um, but and, but now we had the opposite problem there, right? Like there's literally no expert in it. And they're like, well, you know what? what? How hard can it be? Just become the expert. Well, but that's what I like. I like the attitude of, like, I don't need somebody that is an expert in, in one specific thing. I want somebody that is smart enough to go, I'll figure it out. Like, that's who, oh. I, I, that's who I want to work with. Is And likewise, it, sorry, go ahead. It, there's a difference between, say, uh, line work. You have something that needs to be done. It's re more of a repetitive task. You need someone who can buckle down and do the work. Um, but if you're doing um, design, whether it's creative design or code design, architecture, if it's if it, there's a creative element to it, all my best tech hires have been people who, uh, in the interview process, can be creative. They can find a way to do things. I test. I've gotten way more success testing on creativity, their ability to do things, and a very cursory, cool. Do you understand? branching logic and how computer code works. Um, anytime like whiteboard tests for me, you know, where you, the, the dreaded whiteboard test that they always say where, um, for, for everyone listening, you know, the dreaded whiteboard test and coding is when there's like, cool, get up here and write some computer code. No, you don't have a keyboard. No, you can't look anything up. Just write the code for memory and solve this problem that some researcher got their PhD in and spent three years to write an academic article on it. Right. Do it in an hour. Um, you're not going to come up from scratch. You're going to memorize it out of a book. Um, and I found that that really, these are really constrained problems. If you find people who are creative and can solve problems, I can make things up. They end up being better hires if you're doing creative work anyway. So I really, it, it's, it's always heartening to see 
um, the newer episodes or to see Disney Imagineering come back from, you know, what it wasn't, honestly, in the early to mid 2000s. Um, and seeing that attitude can can flourish still today. Right. And that's what I liked about what they were saying early on is they, they basically were like, we used to set up a bar and after work, everyone would get together and just go, all right, who needs what? And I love that they point out that no one goes, well, that's not my job. And they just throw their hands up and they just go, yeah. that's not my job. That's not the attitude that you need to have. And that's why I say I like people that I don't need you to be an expert in one thing. But if you just go, I don't know, I'm smart. I'll figure it out. I love yeah. that. I, that's And of course, that's. I mean, I'm not smart, but it is my attitude of like, I don't know, I'll figure it out because I don't really know anything. But sure, I'll figure it out. And that's yeah. what I love about what they were doing is they would get together after work, you know, probably, you know, have a couple of beers, maybe like back in that day. You know what they were probably drinking? Was it Old Pappy? Is that what you're drinking? Um, oh, no. Um, uh, old Granddad. Old, old Granddad. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I don't probably, got old Pappy money. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're drinking old, old Granddad and about three in. Everybody's just like, all right, who needs what? And they're like, we need people over here. Cool. Let's go over there. Who needs something? And just I love that I'm here to help attitude. It's just yeah. like it's just like don't point fingers at somebody else. Let's just get it done. Who can do what? Let's all pitch in. Let's just get the shit done. Well, we've been like, how many times have we been, you know, off, right? Off camera or whatever, and talking about something. And then all of a sudden it starts getting convoluted. It's like, all right, hold on a second. And I'll go grab some like butcher paper or something and the colored pencils. And I'm just like, here, we start drawing it out. <laughs> Sometimes just sitting down and doing the work and parceling it out is it's the best way to get something done to move it forward. Right. Invent so- it. So going back to the Star Wars thing for just a second, then we can go ahead and wrap up, is, yeah. um, uh, you know, in the same vein that um, people are probably not going to go out to movies, people are going to be leery to go out to movies, unless it's a big event that they have to go out to. Uh, right. And then they're probably going to go out to those movies. Likewise, here's how things have kind of, I'm anticipating things are going to change for me after we make it through the, this crisis, which we will make it through, is... I'm not going to go out as much as I used to. And I don't mean like going out like partying. I mean like going out to restaurants and going out to dinner and, and socializing that kind of stuff. Because you know what? I really do cherish the amount of time I have, you know, at home with kids. And we're, we're finding more quiet times and slower times. And as things speed up later, as things go back to normal, I'm, I want to hold on to some of those times so I can focus on those. That said, the one thing I want to do so bad right now is uh-huh. I want to go, go on vacation. I want right. to take my kids on vacation. I want to go to Disney World. That is the thing that when we come out the other side of this, and I don't know if Disney prices are going to go up because people want to go on vacation and they know they need to make their money back. By the way, do you know how much money they're losing per day? Have you seen the figure on this? Uh, no, but <laughs> we could do some back of the envelope. Yeah. Well, I guess we don't have to because you have the figure. I have the figure. I, let's go ahead and guess. I, I want you to throw out a number. What What is Disney Parks? What are Disney parks globally globally losing per day? Okay, so Magic Kingdom max one hundred thousand. The other parks in Disney World will say, "I'm going to just say another hundred thousand brings us to two hundred thousand." I'm going to say globally. I think it's globally. Um, yeah, the figure may be yeah. domestic, but but okay. We'll so I'm going to say globally then. Um, and now I'm going to start opening up the calculator. Um, okay. This is why I work in round numbers even still. What kind of math um, are you using? Carry the four. New math. I got circles <laughs> here. Um, so it looks like it looks like a looks like a conspiracy board. Um, Does it look like a Venn so, diagram? Yes, just one circle. Um, <laughs> so it's so two hundred thousand at Disney World max capacity. Let's say that the other parks around the globe combined are another two hundred thousand, and let's assume the average day is half capacity. I love so watching your mind double work. half, two hundred thousand. 
Thank you. Um, let's say on average people are paying $100 at the gate. Okay. Um, gate prices are higher, especially in peak season. But if you buy an annual pass, you know, you can uh, spread that out. So we're going to say average of $100 uh, per person per entry. Um, that's per day. So $200,000. Uh, $100 per person. And we're going to say the average person who is in the park, you know, um, Star Wars, you could drop several hundred dollars just in souvenirs. Um, if you bring a bag lunch and a sandwich, maybe tens of, bu- you know, 10 bucks for a single bottle of water. You know what? Round numbers are good. Let's say another $100 per person on average, right? People don't travel like us where they're a bit stingier. Right. Okay. I was about to say, I bring, so, my, I bring my water and my booze into the park. Right. So that is $2 billion a day in revenue. That's, by those it's not numbers. $2 billion a day that they're losing. <laughs> I would not think so. Uh, also, I don't know that they can qualify. I don't think they're aggregating out what they would be losing in like potential water sales and things like that. But I do think they're aggregating out uh, what they're I th- losing. That's, in, that's in, definitely in, an upper bound. It's, um, uh, it's and definitely that's just revenue. Uh, um, so I'm assuming this number might be, might be domestic. Uh, here's what they are losing that they're saying right now. $50 million a day. In revenue? The, that's it? Fif, that's it? $50 million Globally. a day? I, Globally it may, with all the that, parks. That's why I say it may only be domestic. Um, okay. I didn't dive deep in, into it. It was basically the headliner on them then talking about who's getting furloughed is the article I read. Yeah. Um, but the number that was posted is that Disney is losing $50 million a day for their parks being closed. Wow, that's still that's that's a lot. Um, that's a that's a <laughs> lot of money, um, but you know you're right. There's probably a lot of hidden cost across all of the the different parks, and that unknown revenue of exactly how many waters are we going to sell? Exactly how many yeah. lightsabers are we going to sell? Um, so, but the known loss is fifty million dollars a day that they're losing, um, and that's just from sales. I, I again, I, the article I read was was then diving into uh, the furloughs. So okay, it, it I was say because they still have to have people like security. There's still expenses. Oh yeah, oh that yeah, that they yeah, have yeah. to manage too. So, you know, losing the revenue is one thing, but there, there's more to it. Uh, yeah, you no, know, no. They when everything comes back, they're not going to have like three feet of grass at Epcot. Like people are, right. are people are, are keeping everything in shape to open back up when they need to open back up. Um, but that being said, the thing that's going to draw me back out is I'm probably going to be a little bit more specific, a little bit more laser focused in where my money goes. Um, right. Because rather than and I mean, who knows what position we're going to be in when when all this is done. But rather than making a lot of little expenditures that I probably would have done otherwise, I will probably be more cognizant of not making those little expenditures. But I am ready to go somewhere and not just be at home. And I want to go somewhere with my family. It's not that I'm tired of being with my family, but we, a change of scenery would be nice. And spending five, six, seven days in the most magical place on earth, totally worth my money. And if I get to stay at a Star Wars hotel, really worth my money. Really worth the money. Absolutely. Every penny. Ah, yes, I see. New York Times. Um, I think that was the article I read. A day. Yeah. Is that what happened at 30? That one has it at 30, okay. though this is an article about the New York Times article, so okay. <laughs> I'm not seeing the actual article. But It's an Inception um, article. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to get some – I just wanted to get some context as to what's what's going on. But yeah, I mean that's No, I like, know your wheels are spinning. What, what constitutes this 30 or $50 million? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's crazy. And 
that's just that's just the parks. You know, the movie revenues are basically zero right now. Cruise line zero right now. They had a hundred day cruise moratorium, uh, no sale order. Sorry, um, there's actually a actually a, a thing. So now that could be lifted at any time. CDC said it's a hundred a hundred day no no sale order for any ships in a U.S. port because they can do that. But they said unless we change our mind. So right um, I, it's <laughs> now they are picking and choosing which movies are going to roll out there. So like for instance, yeah. um, like uh, Black Widow. They're like, no, 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 this is one of our A-plus. This is going to go to theaters. We're just going to push back the timetable. Right. But then Artemis Fowl, they didn't expect that to do huge. So they're just going to go ahead and release that at that $20 price point. Um, do you know what's happening with Mulan? Uh, pushback. Pushback? Pushback, um, pushback on Milan. That's that's supposed to be a big deal. But I Onward tell you what, went straight to Disney Plus, not even $20. Well, I guess if you don't have Disney Plus, you can get $20 rental maybe. But right. Onward went straight to Disney Plus, which, by the way... Highly recommend, Ben. I'm so afraid to watch it. Might be a hard one for you. <laughs> I, it, God, and I, here's the thing: is I know some of the subject matter, and personally, I know I'm going to have trouble with it. And I don't even know the details of it. I just know it has to do with like family relationships and fathers and yeah. and, and and all and brothers and all that sort of siblings and whatnot. Um, but beyond that, everyone just goes. Pixar has just killed it. They knocked it out of the park, and you're going to cry. And then when they mention what the subject matter is about, I'm yeah. like, I'm so afraid to watch this movie because I'm like, all right. I- it's like, imagine, imagine if it's this, you know, um, kind of like the base standard level of Pixar is like ripping your heart out of your chest. Not say Toy Story 3, but, you know, maybe more than Toy Story 2. It's kind of baseline level. Yeah. Just, it's, it's, and and then the subject matter is just brutal. It's brutal, right? And let's put on top of that, like let's give context. It's like they, here. It's like they kick you down and they kick you while you're down. Well, let's have context here. Is you know my oldest, who's nine, um, has a very sensitive sensitive heart. I mean, he cries at anything, just like I do. I cry at anything. I may cry before this is over. Um, and we watched Meet the Robinsons. Oh and, no! Oh and, no! And along those same lines is it just. The very beginning and the very end of Meet the Robinsons, especially the very end, we were both yeah. – it's just the two of us sitting there just ironically. It's it's not the youngest one. Katie wasn't there and we're watching the end of it and we're both just like – we're trying not to cry for the other one but we're <laughs> holding back such stifled like just – So brave. Thank you cries. for your service. <laughs> and we just – we just just cried. And so when everybody's like – Everyone, all the way down to Kevin Smith, is like, watch Onward. It's great. You're going to cry. And yeah. especially if you, for anybody who has, like the way he said, it, he's like, anybody who has a dad or anybody who is a dad or anybody who has a sibling. And I'm like, oh my God, really? Like, jeez. <laughs> so I will yeah. watch it at some point, but I'm going to need, like, I'm going to need somebody to, like, like hold me. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. It's rough, man. Uh, okay. Um, so anyway, um, so let's go get on to All other, right. uh, let's move onward. Um, yes, I think that pretty much wraps us up. It really, it, it does. It does. So I do um, have a little bit of homework for you. Okay. That's, I love homework. Let's go. Um, is it learn new math? Because no, the answer is no. unequivocally no. No, I don't think new or old math matters here, but, um, there was a 64 year old Frenchman who, got surprised by his uh, co-workers with apparently you can buy a ride in a fighter jet. Go on. <laughs> so he got to ride passenger in a fighter jet 
Please um, don't tell me it ends badly. No, everybody survives. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's, but still, that's still not okay. Go ahead. <laughs> he is not having a great time. And as the fighter jet pulls up to, to go higher, um, to ascend, he panics and starts grabbing at things to hold himself tightly to the seat. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Guess what he grabbed? The eject. The eject. Oh no. He blows himself out of the plane. No, he really gets, he really goes out of the plane. Yes. Oh my God. He ejects and he lands safely. The pilot suffered, um, as it was reported, minor facial injuries because they both so that, so that so that sends both of you out i assume i assume no, it doesn't no the, uh, uh, not in this case in this jet apparently the design was the pilot remained in the jet wow so he's just, just flying along you can't see me but flying, i'm, I'm predicting i'm, I'm in a fighter I, jet at i don't know <laughs> several hundred miles per hour with the windows down now <laughs> Because when you blow somebody out, you have to eject the seat moving at 600 miles an hour right. from a zero drag because it's inside the co- cockpit right. to a full-on drag at 600 miles an hour. Um, this time, actually, we talked about uh, the fastest bicycle, right? right? All of a sudden, you have to go from zero to full-on drag at 600 miles an hour. So the only way to do that is to literally blow them out of the shit, of the of the craft. Right. You have to blow the 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 canopy off you have to blow the seat out um so yeah the the pilot suffered some super uh, minor uh, facial injuries apparently from the exploding glass and uh bolts how <laughs> it's just like so oh, but he landed the plane safely so uh and the uh the the co-pilot um landed in a field safely apparently how landed in a field so he had to take that plane down like immediately he or she. Uh, I, I imagine. I imagine uh, the pilot had to return pretty quickly. Uh, Twenty five hundred feet. Twenty five hundred. <laughs> well, I mean, it gets really windy. I can't imagine yeah. that, like, even your helmet and stuff would stay on because, I mean, you've got like the. I assume you still have the little shield. His in helmet front was of blown you. off. His helmet was blown off. Yeah. Uh, the Rafale B is used by the French Air Force and has a maximum speed of uh, eight hundred seventy miles per hour. I'll do it in uh, real units. Um, <laughs> he was taken to. He was. Um, taken to a hospital to get checked out um he avoided serious injury parachuted to earth to earth in a field near the german border he had not oh he had not securely attached his helmet so you know what that's on him (laughs) so but (laughs) because of course he's an expert in that but the pilot then landed so it was the 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 pilot remained in the craft and then landed the plane successfully um no additional damage that i can say Oh my God! What do you think the pilot was saying on his way to like? Sacre bleu! Don't even mad. I, I don't even care about like what the the dude that that ejected himself. I mean, we know he just was yelling yeah. and shat himself. But, but but the pilot had to be like, "Are you kidding me right now?" I told you it is okay to smoke in the plane. So how does how does one go about? Not that I want to do this. I how does one go about getting onto a fighter jet like did he buy a ticket how much money does that cost um that part is not clear um so again (laughs) this is france um once the man arrived at the air base in northeastern france uh and realized what his co-workers had arranged so his co-workers got it for or organized this for him wow i mean i don't know if like i don't know if they paid for it if they bribed some french air force folks 
It's Excuse probably me. the last no time clue. that's going to happen. If you freak out, see, this is that's what happens. Listen, well, when, you know, usually if you like get into say uh, a race car or something like that, they're like, "Hey, you see that button? Yeah, don't hit that button." Right, right. It's like if you, do, if you do a ride along with the with the you know with the police department, they're going to show you these are the buttons you don't push. These are the buttons you push if something happens to me. Like, right. It's otherwise, been, don't touch. It's been in black. <laughs> don't press the red button. You remember the little red button? Yeah. Push the little red button. And you may want to put on a seatbelt. Right. Just like maybe press- don't pull this lever. <laughs> Well, I mean, why would you touch any of this? Maybe this is just me. Maybe this is the way I just do things. Is why would you touch anything in there? Like, even if you right, were freaking yeah. out, I would just, like, hold myself. The same thing I'm going to do with Onward. I would just hold myself and just just cry. Like, I would just I would just ball up and cry. I, I wouldn't start grabbing shit. Right. That seems like, it seems inadvisable. Um, here you go. Unit cost, RFLB, 74 million euros. Whoa. 74 million. So you're sitting with 74 million euro craft. Like maybe don't touch the buttons. Maybe don't, don't pull the levers. <laughs> what does this one do? It, it's, un, it's not touch. This is why mom never let me touch anything in the glass section in Macy's. Yeah. I'm yeah. that old. That's you know, all the crystal section when it's like, Oh, look at these glasses. Don't touch any of it. Right. I just, you know, thinking what's the word, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Sure. I might get ejected. I might get ejected and be billed for it. Because you know it's not cheap to put that seat back in. So I have to think, and then we got to wrap this up. I swear we got to yeah, wrap this you up. You know what? Is, you, bought, you bought this. You bought this craft. You owe seventy-four million euros now. You With it, depreciation, you, it's thirty-eight. You break it, you buy it. I have to think yeah. that the eject button is not like an accidental. Like you bump it with your elbow, and then like no. it just it just. I would have to think that the eject button would have to be like a hard pull, like a almost like a two-section pull. Like you pull it open, and then you pull that handle out. Something like like that, like a two-step process. I can't imagine that anyone's like, "Oops, accidentally hit the eject button." Yeah, typically, typically they're typically they are levers. They have to be pulled, and they are not. Um, they are not easy to accidentally, um, you know, activate. Um, pull, <clears throat> pull the lever. <laughs> pull the lever, Crunk. Wrong lever. Why do we even have that lever? Wrong lever. Wrong lever. Why do we even have that lever? <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, it's kind of one of those things that you probably don't want the computer doing because if you're bailing out of the craft, there's probably a reason you're doing it. Uh, and one of those might be, you know, failure to maintain control, which might have something to do with the computer system. So, you know, it's probably not something you're going to see very commonly in buttons, though who knows what will happen down the road. I imagine levers are going to be popular for a while, levers and separate systems. You think it ever goes to voice activation where it's like, (laughs) Alexa. Sorry, I can't allow that, Dave. (laughs) Alexa, eject my ass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alexa, Alexa, eject seat. Now playing Stone Temple Pilots. Ah! <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. So I think that gets us where we're going. Um, yeah. Just like a good whiskey or a good vodka, that gets us where we're going. And I only have seven percent left on my uh, on my laptop. So I'm at twelve. So I okay. we got to roll. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So uh, guys, thanks for hanging out uh, with us. Uh, like you were saying. Make sure to check out Best Thing Ever. Uh, be on the lookout for a new podcast coming from us on the Broken Toy Studios Network. And uh, and that's been pretty much it. So I've Thanks been for listening to us. I've been Lou. And 
This has been General Geekery, specifically. It's a podcast. Love you guys. We appreciate love you. We appreciate you listening through all of this because I know the lag is always causing us to step on each other and not seeing Ben this entire podcast has been <laughs> mad at him. So I'm probably gonna call him on video call after this. I miss just on the phone. I miss seeing you too. All right, I'm pulling the eject right. button. Yep. Let's get out. <laughs> This has been a Broken Toys Studio production.